Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. We are back. It's a new year, a new week. Um, we actually aren't joined by a special guest this week. We are going to take it a little different. I'm actually going to be the guest. Um, I realized I don't really do any solo episodes, and I thought for two reasons. Um, I want you guys to get to know me a little bit better, not just as the host, but you know, as a person. And this will come out on my 27th birthday. And I just thought it was pretty fitting to kind of do a reflective slash um, insightful episode and the lessons and, you know, who I was, where I'm at and where I want to be kind of vibe. So I, yeah, I just thought that would be kind of a different take on things. So let's get into it. So for anyone who's just tuning in now, um, I'm very much in the mental health space. And I, for the for a really long time, I didn't know what to, to tell people was my title. I've gone with mental health advocate, mental health content creator, mental health worker. And I guess I kind of fall under all those things. Um, but for the most part, I would say that I uh, occupy the wellness space, and that includes mental health. I love content creation. I'm very artistic in that sense. Like, I need to be fueled in that way, and I do that through um, more of, like, a digital cre creative space, so social media and stuff. Um, and then I also work in the community, so I love working with nonprofits. I currently have a, a job at a nonprofit organization, um, and those are kind of things that are really important to me, making sure that my artistic self is still being fueled, but I'm creating digestible information, awareness, and resources for people who don't always have access to those things. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I do want to continue my schooling eventually and get a psychotherapy degree, just so when people get advice from me, it sounds kind of messed up, but it's like credited uh, even though I've been in the field for a while now a while now I want to say at least six seven years but um yeah so that's kind of a bit about my my professional background um aside from being a podcaster which kind of randomly happened to be honest so aside from all that who am I <laughs> um I would describe myself, and I actually hate doing this, when people, when you go to an interview and they're like, so tell us about yourself. I'm like, I actually hate that question because how I see myself might not be how I portray myself and it might not be how people receive me. So that is something I'm very mindful of. But I guess fun facts, I can say that a lot of people might not know. Um, I am a Capricorn. So my birthday is January 17th, which is probably the day this will be airing. Um, I was born in the States, which is random and even more random. It was in St. Louis, Missouri. Super, super duper random. <laughs> super duper. <laughs> um, my parents uh, raised me to speak French at home, so I'm bilingual. And I come from a mixed racial family. Um, yeah, and I love jazz and blues music. I love, like, old 1930s, 1940s 
1950s um, movies. My parents watched those a lot when I was growing up, and a lot of my, um, I guess, childhood memories are tied to those. And what else? I guess I'm just my happiest when I'm creating. I'm a very artistic person. For a long time, I thought I was more um, academically driven, but I like that I have the balance. So, yeah, that's, I guess, random facts about me. There's probably other things, but yeah. Um, So this week's topic and something that I really want to get into is just looking at the lessons um, that come with a birthday or a chapter. And I'll be very honest. Someone said this to me. There's two types of people in the world. There's people who love birthdays, love celebrating their life, love, you know, doing the most. And then there's people who are just like super reflective. They kind of just don't like their birth, like not like their birthdays, but they get really emotional. Um, Super like just want to avoid their birthdays at all costs. And for some reason, I've kind of become the latter. But I really want to re like reclaim that and not be that anymore. I want to use this as like something I can look at and kind of just do like an audit, (laughs) I guess. That sounds so professional. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to reflect and speak on some of the lessons that I've cultivated in the last year. And um, maybe they might resonate with y'all and maybe there are lessons you've already um, gone through or lessons that maybe you might one day go through. So I'll just share a little bit with you guys my chapter 27. (laughs) That's what we'll call it. So for a very long time, I've been described or I would describe myself as sensitive. I'm hypersensitive. I'm a hypersensitive person. Um, I feel things intensely when I connect with people. I literally feel their energy. I can feel the energy in a room and that's very much why I would describe myself as an introvert because I need to kind of recharge my energy once I've been in a space with others because I'm taking on so much and that's come with different challenges and obstacles of course so I would also describe myself as an empath like a lot of people say they're empaths Um, so for people who don't understand it's an empath can obviously come from the word empathetic can feel literally someone else's energies as if they were their own so I can be speaking to someone and if they start crying I will start crying and not know the difference between my energy and theirs and that took a lot of practice to kind of learn to differentiate my energy and someone else's and the boundaries that are involved in kind of not taking on someone else's energy especially if it's a negative thing um and secondly with that sensitivity has been used or weaponized the word sensitive has been weaponized to describe people who identify as like that as emotional as weak as reactive and I think the problem is is most people don't understand most people just don't understand. Um, no, but seriously, I think most people don't understand that these are not synonymous and they represent different things and different um, people, I guess. So when we say sensitive, we would say someone who can feel deeply, 
now what you choose to do with these feelings, and this is something I've learned, um, is what will define your reactivity. So how emotionally driven you are. So you could be sensitive, doesn't mean you're emotional. So emotional, meaning you are an emotionally driven person. I'm actually the opposite. I'm a very rationally driven person. I'm very like frontal, like frontal lobe driven. I have to rationalize everything. It takes me a long time to like really think, like I think about everything in the most rational way possible. So I feel things, but my mind's just constantly like trying to find the proof to how I should look at things. So I'm not a reactive person. And that's sometimes something that for a long time I had to decipher and understand. Like reactive does not mean sensitive. And to feel and to be vulnerable is actually one of the greatest acts of courage and strength. Um, Someone who avoids feeling is scared so a little bit closer to like not a week I don't like I don't even think the word weak but um yeah so I think that's something for a really long time I struggled with and I hate I actually hated it I hate it when people said you're so sensitive you're emotional um but yeah I'm sensitive AF and I've claimed that like I will tell you but how I deal with my feelings is where my work will show my my emotional maturity my journey all that work I've put into I don't let it um dictate how I deal with things so I don't know if anyone can relate to that that's kind of what I've gained in the last couple I want to say at least last two three years um and kind of ties to one of the other lessons of being a empath and really understanding boundaries and this can this ties back to just like culture and childhood and like what I was taught was okay and not okay um anyone who's grown up in a immigrant household might relate to this where like boundaries were established but you also didn't have boundaries of your own so your parents had boundaries but they crossed your boundaries so whether it was your privacy whether it was you know, speaking up, you weren't allowed to do those things, advocating for yourself, you weren't allowed to do those things, Um, you know, this ownership towards you. So these are things that I'm having to unlearn. And I've had to learn to set boundaries and, you know, saying no, I, I never said no in in my household, that wasn't something that I was taught to do. And um, it's very common, I think, but especially as a woman, like saying no and meaning it and saying it with like conviction is such a powerful statement and something that I've had to practice um and I really think in the last year I've gotten a little bit better at it I'm still working at it but just really knowing what my boundaries are am I okay with this or am I just okay with it because I just want to keep peace um not for me but maintain peace in this space so I've learned that sometimes setting boundaries will disrupt peace but it'll protect my peace and that's been the biggest thing for me protecting my peace has become my priority and my mentor shout out to taylor blossom said something to me recently and it's been a gem and i list i've literally like journaled about it i've shared it with everyone already but she said ask yourself this question every time you need to figure out whether you're 
overstepping a boundary, whether you're acting maturely, whether you are indecisive, ask yourself, is this me protecting my peace? So is me ignoring this person protecting my peace or immature? The answer is yes. Then it's not about right or wrong. You are doing right by you. And I think end of the day, that's as selfish as it sounds, it's actually an act of love. And you can't be selfless to others if you don't act lovingly towards yourself. So, yeah, protecting your peace. It's been a, it's been a challenge, not going to lie, but it's really important. Um, and I would say the last lesson that I've kind of cultivated is just having this unwavering confidence or self-awareness. I've always had a sense of self, and I've taken it for granted. You know when people say, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure myself out? I've always known who I was. Like, I've always known what I liked, what I didn't like. I've known, I've been very emotionally in tune with myself, and that's probably because I've just been hypersensitive out the womb. But accepting parts of myself that I was aware of that I didn't like was probably the biggest challenge. Um, and still a challenge, but there's this level of like acceptance and love that I've gained for myself and appreciation, admiration almost, that has been literally game-changing. Like, it's almost become this force field of you can stay and do whatever, but I know who I am. So there's nothing that can shake that. So, yeah, confidence, the journey to confidence. It's been, it's been a journey, but, yeah. And I think it also ties into kind of just like me diving into different aspects of myself and wellness. So like confidence as a professional, you know, confidence as a woman, confidence physically, confidence um, intellectually. So there's so many realms, you know, where you can have, um, where there's work to be done. And I think overall confidence is one thing, but you kind of need to look at all aspects of wellness and yeah, it's been it's been really nice to see when I've been put in situations and how I react to them differently now. So yeah, self-confidence. Um, and I wanted to share a bit of uh, wellness practices that I love and that I've done in the last year or so that I would recommend to anyone. I would recommend them to a friend. So why, like, I recommend them to y'all. <laughs> um but weekly psychodynamic therapy. So psychotherapy and psychodynamic therapy are similar but different. Psychodynamic therapy is more of like talk therapy slash doesn't really have as much of a structure as psychotherapy, um, which for someone who doesn't like feeling like I'm in a space that feels like a textbook because I've read these textbooks about therapy, I like this approach a little bit better. And I think therapy in general, whether it's you go to church, whether it's you see a therapist, whether it's, you know, you go to the gym weekly or consistently is, like, game-changing. Therapy, as cliche as it sounds, is a must. Um... And it does so much just for your overall success as a person. I think even going to therapy when things are going well is important because there's always work to be done. And that's a 
big thing people think like oh you know i'm fine i don't need to go to therapy anymore it's like no therapy's not when you get sick it's like you don't go to the gym when you get sick you go to the gym to stay healthy and i think that is something that's really been important to me and finding a therapist you like and finding the type of therapy you like and what it can look like so um i would really recommend just kind of understanding therapy can look and feel different ways and not to give up on that and be consistent with it um acts of love and understanding that my love language with others needs to be practiced on myself so i've been buying myself flowers and plants and i feel like you can't expect someone to do something for you if you don't do it for yourself like i was so big on like you know spoiling my partners or you know doing these grand acts of love but i would never do them for myself like you know got to save my money or you know why would i buy those flowers they're going to die anyways it's like no <laughs> Why would I do it for someone else if I wouldn't do it for myself? And these taught like ideas of like, oh, that's selfish or that's a waste of money. Like that's just conditioning, guys. Like need to get out of it. So flowers, plants, and they bring they literally change your space. Try it. I dare you. Um, meditation. A lot of these sound very like wellness cliche, but. Again, meditation can look like so many things. It could be prayer. It could be listening to music. It could be you taking a shower. It could be a yoga class. It could literally be so many things. So I think that's really important. Um, my favorite form of meditation is showers. And literally just, there's different types of guided meditations you can do in the shower. Or just literally letting the water cleanse you. Like, water has this immense, like effect on me where I just feel like it's literally ridding me of these this like weight or these unnecessary emotions that I ling that linger on so and then kind of visualizing them go down the drain highly recommend but yeah it could literally look and feel like anything um and journaling again another cliche <laughs> but journaling's so good um what have I I personally don't like writing about my feelings I don't like even talking about my feelings, but because a lot happens in my mind, I constantly need to at least find a release. So what I'll do is I'll do a brain dump. And what a brain dump can look like is, you know, you have a journal, you're writing down all the things that are in your mind and they're very matter of fact, like factual versus like, this is how I feel. So like, I'm trying to think of an example, um, you know, submit application instead of being like, I'm really stressed of application. It's just like removing the emotion from the thing, from the situation and just writing it out allows me to just clear my mind. Um, and obviously I, there's journal prompts. There's so many, there's a lot out there when it comes to journaling. But I just think that finding a release um, is important. And it could be through journaling, could be through writing in your notes. It could be through talking to someone therapy so many ways but I think keeping things inside only creates blockages and then I can get into that but it's only hurting you it's only hurting you um and to tie kind of to journaling is being mindful of words so that is a reason why I don't really like writing 
my emotions um, because I don't want to write. I don't want to give power to, to anything. Um, and, you know, someone might argue with that, but I'm very intentional. So if I do write something in my journal, I'm very intentional with the words and I write um, almost affirmations or intentions or, you know, not even goals, but intentions as if they have already happened. I think setting a goal is great, but if you set it in the, ten- in, in the present tense, it, empow- it almost sends this like, and it, it shifts the energy. So telling yourself like, I am successful versus I will be successful are two different energies. So really practicing my inten- my intentions. Never, you know, even just calling yourself out. The other day I said something like, I was just joking. I was like, oh my God, I'm so broke. And my boy literally caught, called me out on it. And he's like, no, you're not. You have an abundance of, of um, income. And, you know, just being mindful of, like, the words you use to describe yourself, you know, the jokes you're making, how you see, like, just being mindful of even the internal dialogue. Words are the most basic form of manifestation, basic form of how you internalize your feelings, your emotions. So being mindful of those things, catching yourself, even being like, I say this a lot, so I'm going to try not to, you know, put myself down or, you know, just make a joke about myself and, you know, catching yourself in those moments or, catch, you know, having people hold you accountable. I think words, words matter. Words matter. So be very intentional with your words. And then the last one is incorporating more of a physical wellness aspect to my mental and emotional and spiritual self. So for a lot of you who follow me on the gram, I'll be for real. You saw my my fitness journey with Christine, which I hope to have her very soon on this pod, and we'll discuss that. But that was huge for me, um, like connecting my mind and my body, and that's something that's not often discussed. They're both discussed as like separate things when, to me, they really became partners in the journey. And then um, I started doing physiotherapy because a lot of my emotional, uh, I guess... A lot of my emotional and even um, psychological, I was going to say issues, <laughs> and psychological um, challenges. I don't know. Honestly, when I get anxious and stressed, it manifests physically. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. So physiotherapy has been so amazing in terms of like just getting in tune with my body and really allowing it to... Um, tap into the blockages that I've created. So a lot of my stress is like in my shoulders, my neck, my jaw. So, you know, understanding exercises, understanding like how I'm sitting, understanding, you know, what muscles are being engaged in this. And like even just having like acupuncture and releasing that energy has been amazing. So shout out to TSP, Toronto Sports Performance Clinic. They are the goat period so y'all need to check them out they're amazing a1 service the people are just amazing i can't even rave enough like i look forward to going there i look forward to going there um and yeah so that's kind of like the lessons my current practices and now my intentions for this coming year um my biggest one is i want to play big I want to take up space. I don't want to play small no more. (laughs) 
Um, and a lot of that has to do with um, learning to not feel bad for doing these things. Um, for a long time, I was okay with being in the background. I was okay with, like, you know, making others feel comfortable before myself. I was okay with, you know, not necessarily being timid, but, you know, I'm okay with being the person who's just observing the space, um, not, you know, making people feel uncomfortable. And part of playing big and taking up space is making others feel uncomfortable. And that is okay. And I need to learn that. It's something that I, that's really uncomfortable for me. But, um, I'm learning that it's also an act of love, you know, and I have to develop that that um, idea of self-worth. Like, I am worthy of being in these spaces, whether it's professionally, whether it's creatively, you know, like, my voice matters, my experiences matter, and not dimming that light, you know, because it's tiring. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> that sounds crazy, but it's tiring to kind of suppress yourself. Um, and at the same time, being so clear and certain about who you are and not breaking those boundaries, those limits that you've created for yourself. And lastly, something that a lot of people who've been taught to be people-pleasing and, you know, making others comfortable is not automatically feeling guilty for putting yourself first. And that is something that has been my biggest challenge. I constantly feel guilty when I prioritize myself. And I'm working on that. And, of course, it's my immediate reaction, but, you know, eventually I'll replace it through therapy and practice. But, yeah, just being mindful of it's okay to put yourself first, and it's not a negative thing. A lot of people say selfish in the sense that it's a negative thing, and, like, I get that. But at the same time, like I said, if you aren't taking care of you, no one else is, and you can't be good for others if you don't make sure you're good first. So yeah, that's my little ramble. I don't know if you guys like this a little bit more or if you like the guest interviewing better. I'm cool with either. I like both. This is kind of nice. Um, maybe I'll do them more often. And yeah, actually, before we wrap up, what is my small joy? Um, I want to say my small joy has been... I feel like I said this recently, but it's just really been the... F like the relationships I have in my life from my friendships to my sisters to my parents um I've literally cried about it like three times today <laughs> I'm just so grateful for the quality people that I have in my life and I didn't realize like I've said it but I never felt it to this degree like you need a community you need a tribe any successful person has those things and to have that has been the biggest blessing, I think, by far, in my life. So for anyone who is part of my tribe, I love y'all. I appreciate you. If you're even listening to this, I appreciate you. I love you. I see you. I hear you. And I got you. So thank you. And let's get this next chapter going. Um, <laughs> all right. I will see y'all next week. Um, yeah. If y'all want to send me plants, my birthday, I'll take that. <laughs> I want plants for my birthday. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at Be For Real. Otherwise, call me Crazy Pod. And, and K Radio will have us Sundays and Tuesdays. You know where to find it. Um, make sure to download the app. And 
stay tuned for more content, for more exciting things this year. I have a lot of things in the works. It's just I'm one person, so I'm learning to, you know, take my time with it. Um, but thank you again for joining me on this journey. I love y'all. See you next week. Name